Hi, this is Elliot Fisherman, and welcome to our latest CTSS quiz. This is August 2021. We have 10 terrific cases for you. And without any further ado, let's get started. In this case, I asked what's the most likely diagnosis. And when you look carefully, you see a thrombus or some filling defect in the patient's right atrium. You also can see that the patient has a pacemaker and you can see the pacemaker wire tracking downward literally to this filling defect. Obviously, filling defects in the atrium, you think about atrial myxomas, more common in the left atrium. Angiosarcomas typically invade into the uh, heart. They typically come from the right wall by the right ventricle or even right atrium, but this is intraluminal, and this surely is not a flow-related phenomena. The best case here is a thrombus in the right atrium because of the catheter. Very nicely shown, a really nice example. The most likely diagnosis in this case, well, what am I looking at? I see a cystic and solid or a cystic-looking lesion by the body tail of pancreas junction, then the very distal gland is markedly atrophic. Now, you could think about an cell tumor, though they're usually more solid. Lymphoma is usually more infiltrating. Adenocarcinoma is definitely a possibility. Dilated duct, atrophic gland, we always talk about transitions with adenocarcinoma. But the more I look at this lesion, particularly in its coronal view, it looks like there's cystic components and I would favor a cirrhocyst adenoma. Again, this lesion is not gonna be left behind. Cirrhocyst adenomas, and the reason I show this case, often it's a very easy diagnosis. Often it's not so easy. There's these atypical cases which can be very, very challenging, but this was a cirrhocyst adenoma. In this frail elderly female with an FUO, what's the best diagnosis? Well, you look at the bladder, and there's air in the bladder wall. This is not air in the bladder like from a Foley catheter. This is in the wall of the bladder. So it's not from a recent catheterization. It's not from a recent uh, procedure. It's not from a colovesical fistula. Then you see an air fluid level in the bladder, and that occurs in older patients from diverticulitis most commonly. Bladder cancer, that would not explain it. An invasive bladder cancer can have necrosis, but this is air in the wall, 360 degrees. This is classic for emphysematous cystitis. It's a disease of typically older patients, often diabetics. It's a surgical emergency typically, and it's typically frail patients, as in this patient, often from a nursing home. The least likely diagnosis in this case is well, what do I see? I see a large mass which appears to arise from the left adrenal gland. It's solid. Now, lymphoma can be bilateral more commonly, but it can be unilateral. And in fact, this ends up being lymphoma. Metastatic melanoma, often bilateral, can be unilateral, often large adrenal masses, definitely in the differential, surely if the patient had melanoma. And primary adrenal carcinoma, large adrenal masses, solid, often modeled enhancement, can have calcifications, can have necrosis, but can be solid. The first three are all good possibilities. An adenoma, although I've shown you in the July 2021 a very large adenoma with funny enhancement, you can be fooled with adenomas, but this is not going to be the case here. To me, this is malignancy, and this was a primary adrenal lymphoma. In this patient with back pain, the best diagnosis, 
I see a very vascular lesion with perfusion changes in the kidney. This is not coming from the kidney. It could be coming from the adrenal gland, but when you look at the coronal, it's a little bit medial. It could be a retroperitoneal sarcoma. Lymphoma, it's not gonna be because it's too vascular. It doesn't have the look of a pseudoaneurysm. This is really a tumor. You might even consider, could this be an IVC leiomyosarcoma? Just from these images, it seems to uh, engulf the IVC, perhaps. Could it be a pheochromocytoma? Sure, it's vascular enough, but I think the epicenter is a bit away from the adrenal, which would make it a paraganglioma. I will admit I have cases of paraganglioma, and this could be one of them, where it's hard to distinguish from an adrenal pheochromocytoma. If you have more images and you look hard, in this case, we were able to see the adrenal, so we know it wasn't a primary adrenal mass, and this was a paraganglioma. The most likely diagnosis in this cardiac CTA, this was a patient with chest pain, and you see a filling defect in the aorta, but when you look hard, it's coming off the leaflets of the aortic valve. Blood clots, you can see thickening of aortic valves, you can see thrombus. This is surely not a flow artifact. It's not bacterial endocarditis, it's smooth and it's not infiltrating around the valve proper, it's coming off the valve. And that's the classic appearance of a papillary fibroelastoma. They're usually incidental lesions. They can cause embolic phenomena because they can break off. And the way you treat this is with surgery. Just a beautiful example of a papillary fibroelastoma. The most likely diagnosis in this case, when you look at the kidneys, there are bilateral renal masses. At first glance, you might say, could these be cysts? But then you look harder and you see many of them contain fat. There are other vascular lesions. Maybe I'm dealing with a renal cell. This doesn't have the appearance of lymphoma because of the fatty lesions. The same thing is true multiple bilateral renal cells. How do you explain the fat? Mets to the kidney, the same issue. Multiple bilateral renal masses with fat. Those are angiomyelipomas, and when you see them with vascular lesions, you got to be thinking tuberous sclerosis. Remember that renal angiomyelipomas can be 100% fat or literally 1% fat. They're often very vascular. The more vascular the lesion, the more irregular the vessels, the more likely angiomyelipomas are to spontaneously bleed. But A is going to be the best answer, and this is an excellent example of tuberous sclerosis. The most likely diagnosis in this case, what do I see? I see a mass off the interior wall of the stomach, and I could think about a gist tumor, and I have to admit it could be a gist tumor. Carcinoid tumors in the stomach do occur, but they're usually hypervascular. This is really not hypervascular. Glomus tumor, same thing, mass off the stomach wall, and it's truly one of the differential diagnoses here, but it's typically hypervascular. Heterotopic pancreatic tissue, most commonly the duodenum, but can occur in the stomach. It's a very unusual diagnosis, and in fact, that's what this was. Now, I'll tell you, whatever choice you made here, if you took GIST or heterotopic pancreatic tissue, I'll give you credit. Now, statistically, GIST tumors are more frequent, right? Small GIST tumors can be intraluminal, as this is, but this was a heterotopic pancreatic tissue. It's a great quiz case. It's something to think about. But if you think about an intraluminal gastric mass, all four of these should be in your differential diagnosis. Again, as I mentioned, carcinoma and glomus are typically more vascular. 
I would have picked GIST, but if you made heterotopic pancreas your top choice, this is your lucky day. I recommend you go buy a lottery ticket also. The most likely diagnosis in this case, the first thing to recognize is you're dealing with a mass coming off the tail of the pancreas, perhaps, or is it coming off the stomach? One of the challenges sometimes with masses is to tell their epicenter. And if you look at the axial image, to me it's very easy. It's obviously coming off the pancreas and so must be a neuroendocrine tumor or a serous adenoma. When you look at the coronal view, you realize its close relationship to the gastric wall. And we've spoken before about how GIST tumors can be difficult at times to distinguish whether it's perigastric or it's really a gastric mass like a GIST. Now this has calcification. GIST tumors can calcify. Lymphomas don't calcify, or it might have been a thought. Neuroendocrine tumors are typically hypervascular, so not a good thought. Melanoma can look like anything, but melanoma to pancreas can occur, melanoma peripancreatic can occur. But at the end of the day, the most likely diagnosis, when you look at all the images, is a gastric gist tumor. And again, to make the point that gist tumors can have spotty calcification, or smaller gist tumors can be almost 100% calcified. The most likely diagnosis in this case, when you look at the chest, in the upper chest and in the lower chest, you see paraspinal masses. Yes, you could think about lymphoma as a possibility, but when you recognize their relationship, it's really a classic case of neurofibromatosis. Now, melanoma can give you METs to nodes in the mediastinum, and lymphoma can be posterior mediastinum, middle mediastinum, anterior mediastinum, can be anywhere. And you even think about extramedullary hematopoiesis, which is typically posterior. So this is a good differential. Extramedullary hematopoiesis might be a good thought, but they're usually more vascular and higher density. These are low density. Neurogenic tumors are typically low density. They're really related to the foramen when you look carefully. And if I would give you a coronal view, perhaps you would do a lot better. But this was a case of a patient with neurofibromatosis. You even can see the neurofibromas in the axillary regions, particularly on the right. But again, I'd be thinking about lymphoma, and I would have to look really carefully before I came up with the diagnosis. Well, those were 10 terrific cases for August 2021. I hope you enjoyed them. Some of them were very difficult and tricky, but hopefully you learned something from the cases. And with that, have a great day. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.